Support for WRFA is brought to you by Quadrant Biosciences, now providing no-cost COVID testing in Chautauqua County. Quadrant Biosciences has partnered with Chautauqua County to provide free COVID testing. For more information on how to schedule an appointment, visit quadrantbiosciences.com slash COVID testing. Support for WRFA is also brought to you by Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union. Southern Chautauqua Federal Credit Union provides credit union membership to people who live, work, worship, attend school, do business, and any other entities within Chautauqua County. For more information, including how to become a member, call or text 716-665-7000 or visit them on the web at 665-7000.com. Again, you are listening to Community Matters. Chautauqua Hospice and Palliative Care will be opening a new facility in the next month. We spoke with Star Hospice House Residence Director Laura McCullough about the facility and services offered by Chautauqua Hospice. Chautauqua Hospice and Palliative Care is currently building a new facility and has brought on Laura McCullough to be the director. McCullough has joined us today here at WRFA. Welcome. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So first off, for our listeners who may not be as familiar, can you tell us what does Chautauqua Hospice and Palliative Care do? Chautauqua Hospice and Palliative Care provides service for people in our community at end of life throughout Chautauqua County. Um, They do home visits. Until this point, since the early 90s, I believe, they've been caring for individuals in their homes. And there had to be a, a caregiver available in the home in order for that to happen. And if someone could no longer take care of themselves at home, the option was to go into a nursing home. So they also have bereavement services. They have events for people. They just give a lot of support and medical management, management of symptoms, pain, difficulty, breathing, um, swelling, all those type of things for people just to make them as comfortable as possible at the end of life. Mm-hmm. And so with your saying before, and I didn't realize that, that um, they were mainly going to home. So can you tell us what the new facility, which is called Star Hospice House, is uh, going to be able to offer then? The Star Hospice House is another option in the spectrum of care resources that they have. So they will be informed uh, at the beginning of signing on with hospice uh, and we'll get it out into the community that this five bed residence is available for people at end of life who either don't have access to a caregiver you know there's not family nearby friend nearby um, or they've been cared for by the family in the home but the family just can no longer manage it maybe due to symptoms they can't manage the pain Um, maybe the person is less able to move and it's just becoming more difficult so it's just another level of support to offer them Mm -hmm. and with you said there are five beds what are kind of some of the things that will be featured in this new facility it's beautifully decorated each resident room is large with um, high windows and a lot of natural light. Each room has the patient bed, and then there is a pull-out couch in the same room so that family can stay uh, in the room with their loved ones or friends. There's a bathroom with a large shower that you could bring a a shower chair into. We also have in another room a beautiful 
door a tub that the door opens and they can go right in pretty easily with our assistance and bathe if they'd like to do that there will be a hairdresser there uh, laundry services beautiful great room for people to sit and visit uh, we have our kitchen where we will provide food for the residents and I'm sorry, I'm interchanging patients and residents. They're patients in the home, they're residents once they get in the building. Um, and also, in the front of the home, there is strictly guest services for the family. So there is a, a full kitchen, two bedrooms, um, a, a living room, there'll be a deck off the living room, there's a music room. So there is also space for families, someone who may be coming from out of town, to stay right there. And where where is everything? I, I I looked on Facebook and I saw some pictures of the construction happening, and it seems like you're getting really close to uh, the facility getting near the end. But where, where are the projections on things for it opening? Well, they began building, and it was a pandemic year, and lumber supplies, all the supplies were very expensive or delayed in manufacturing or delayed in delivering. So the original opening date was last June and it's had to be moved due to those circumstances. But at this point, we expect it to open in early February. Yeah. What, what, what was, uh, if you can share these details, I don't know if you know them off the top of your head, uh, what was the cost of this project and how did it become possible? It was in excess of $2 million. I believe they're at two million one to two million six at this point and it was possible because they in 1991 they first wanted to have an inpatient hospice hospice was in Mayville and the offices were in a second floor and on the first floor they wanted to create an, an inpatient residence the building um, turned out not to be suitable and then that project was kind of shelved for a while and then there were times in between um, I think 2004 there was someone who was close friends with one of the people that I was talking about they didn't have the family they didn't have someone who could care for them at home and and they said this residence would have been perfect for my friend and at another point, um, it was still talked about, but in 2018, there were two different family members of two different individuals that came to an executive meeting and said, we really need to do this. You know, my mother needed this, but you know, people we know need this. So it was after that, that the Chautauqua Hospice and Palliative Care staff began traveling around to the other hospice residences in the state just to get an idea what happens there and then they hadn't raised money for this kind of project before so they hired a project manager to manage the campaign and then they needed chairs for the campaign and that was um, Dr. Burt Rappel and Mary Rappel um, took the helm on the committee and were very have been extremely dedicated and really worked so hard to make this happen for the community. So that got the ball rolling and they had several fundraisers and at this point it's it's going fairly well. You know, really well. <laughs> if if there's more if there's more funding needed in the future, we have every expectation that the community will support 
what we do. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people, they have a hard time talking about death or end of life care and things like that. And how does something like, you know, Chautauqua Hospice help with that? Someone has to acknowledge that they have a terminal diagnosis before signing on with us. If someone is receiving, let's say, a cancer treatment or some other type of aggressive therapy, they're not appropriate for hospice. Even if their physical condition may be, um, they are not while they're still receiving treatment. So someone comes to us after they've talked with their physician, with their family, and they've realized um, they've been given a diagnosis of six months or less to live. And actually in the Star Hospice House, it will be three months or less. And none of us have a crystal ball. People are given less than six months to live and they might live three years. You just don't know. Uh, but typically there has to be that, that has to be a possibility. And then we really help the person. I said in another interview, uh, there's a difference between giving up and accepting. You know, we have, we have this attitude, I think, as Americans that we're going to keep on fighting and we're not going to give up. And there's just a difference. And sometimes when someone decides to stop therapy, people who love them feel they've given up. And it's, there's a difference. They're accepting. They're accepting what's happening. They're deciding if they have a limited period of time to live, just how they want to spend that time and with whom and whether or not continued treatment may actually have them feeling worse than to stop it. Um, They may even live a bit longer if they stop that treatment because it's just very, you know, difficult for a person, especially as they become less of a candidate as their body weakens and as they just get sick. I mean, those treatments are really hard on your system. So that's how they come to us. So we may have a referral from either a nurse in a primary physician's office or a nurse at a hospital unit. They might have someone who's in the hospital who will be ready for discharge soon. And based on what has happened during that stay and maybe before, they feel it's time to reach out to to hospice with the the patient's agreement. Um, So that's typically how we get the referrals. Um, Also, there may be another agency in town, maybe another home care agency um, or a nursing home who reaches out to us also. Mm -hmm. And we collaborate with every care setting in the area. Hmm. And to talk, actually, I'm curious, how did you come into um, palliative care? What did I, I don't know a lot about you. Honestly, I was like looking, thinking, I'm like, well, they have a new director. And I was kind of curious, what's your background? I've been a nurse since 1983. I worked in ICU at WCA for 13 years, back in the 80s to, to late 90s. And at that time, we had a full service ICU. We had all disciplines of physicians. We did a lot of procedures. Um, it's much more regionalized now with people sent out. The system has changed a lot. But while I was there, I really wanted to see what happened to people after they left and what services were available. So since that time, since 1998, I've worked in home care, long-term care, assisted living, um, a lot of different settings, but always had a particular interest in hospice. And I entered a bachelor of nursing program 
2011 to 2013, and I interned with hospice. So I worked with the hospice team. I interned, I did visits, I did documentation. So I learned a lot about what they did at that time. And then from 2013 to 2015, I earned my master's in health administration, and I did a concentration in ethics. So I had a particular interest always. Also, I've been touched by hospice in my own life. My mom had hospice, my bonus mom had hospice, my godmother, her sister. So I've been a caregiver twice and I've really learned how uh, they've been able to, you know, the hospice team has been so very helpful um, to my dad um, and my family. So I just wanted to be able to provide that and do that type of work. Mm-hmm. What do you find families get out of this that, you know, or for people who, you know, maybe are, as you say, the resident or, and, or the families when they come into hospice. Support. It's, it's so very difficult when you love someone and you're sitting with them and they receive a diagnosis or you're helping them, you're giving them every support to get through, you know, being their champion while they accept, you know, take treatment and, you know, taking them to this doctor and that doctor and Buffalo and Erie and and Cleveland and all around. And it's financially difficult. It's emotionally difficult. It's physically difficult. People are exhausted. They're, they're emotional. They're confused, you know, navigating the system, uh, you know, of healthcare is not easy. And often by the time they come to us, they've already been through quite a bit with that. So I think when people accept hospice care, the caregivers can take a little sigh of relief. They're still, if they're in the home, they're still providing the bulk of the care. If we have a home health aide come in, it's generally for an hour or two a day. So it's still the healthcare um, caregiver in the home, but there's always someone they can call 24 seven if they have an issue. They have chaplain support, they have social work support, they have dietitian support. So there's a great deal offered to them. Music therapy can go into the home, massage therapy. So it just gives them so many more options than just being there alone, wondering what to do next. And they're also guided through the end of life process so that you know kind of demystify it and give and provide information so i think that helps a great deal too so i would say those things mm-hmm. is there anything else you'd like to tell us about either the um the star hospice house or uh chautauqua hospice we look forward to opening the hospice house uh, the staffing will be myself and two home health aides during the day. And the home health aides, all of us are universal workers. We'll do the cleaning, we'll do the cooking, we'll do the care for people. Uh, And then on the evening shift, there will be one LPN and one home health aide. And on the night shift, the same, one LPN and one home health aide. So that's more than adequate for five residents. So we'll be able to spend quality time with them. We'll be able to really help to manage their symptoms, to really, you know, provide care, turning, and also family support. Families need a lot of time spent with them at times. And the other aspect of that, though, that I want to make clear is when someone's in their home, they have an RN, excuse me, case manager through hospice, and they have a, a team. That's their team. They have their social worker, their nurse, their chaplain. 
when they come into the hospice house, they continue with that same team. It's, it's simply a change in location, but there, everything will there will be continuity with that. Um, the other thing that I like to mention is admissions will not be on a first come first serve basis. We expect to always have a waiting list, but anytime we have a bed available, we have to take a look at our list and evaluate who has the greatest need at this time. You know, who is, who really needs the services the most at this time due to their symptoms or their family situation or whatever is happening. So we'll have to ask that everyone understand that um, as we go admission by admission. And some will be admitted directly from the community from home without having um, <clears throat> been on hospice. Their, init their initial care in hospice may be directly into the home. And we're not sure yet what, what those kind of ratios, you know, how many it will be. For anyone who is looking for more information about ho the hospice or, and, or the facilities when they're open, uh, where can, can they call or is there a website they can go to? Yes. Um, CHP c.care is the website and also uh anyone can reach me laura mccullough anytime my office phone is area code 716-338-0033 and ask for extension 205 and my work cell phone is area code 716-269-4448 laura thanks for being with us today thank you very much